Today on Seculo, how damaging is the special counsel's report to President Biden? Keeping you informed and engaged, now more than ever, this is Seculo. We want to hear from you. Share and post your comments or call 1-800-684-3110. And now your host, Jordan Seculo. Hey folks, welcome to Seculo. Well, we thought today would be just more discussion maybe of the 14th Amendment and Section 3 of that SCOTUS case argued yesterday, but we thoroughly went through that in our broadcast yesterday. And if you missed that, definitely check it out through wherever you get our broadcast. They're all online uh, because we got into that. It looks uh, fairly confident that you will be able to uh, vote for President Trump in prime in the primary and general election if he makes it to the general election and have your vote uh, counted. And also, hopefully, that will be settled for the future. But we got to turn to really some breaking news. And, Dad, that is the special counsel's report. Robert Hur, who was looking into the classified documents, found all over different Biden properties. Uh, this one uh, specifically found in his garage at his home. And it wasn't so much about the damaging part about this wasn't so much, or the legally damaging part about this wasn't so much about the classified documents because, as her notes, there's an Office of Legal Policy memo that says you don't criminally prosecute a sitting, a sitting president. president. And we and we use that during the yeah. Trump uh, investigation as well that you cannot indict a sitting president. But he went further and said you couldn't indict this sitting president anyways because yeah, yeah because he basically not competent to stand trial. Uh, this is what he said. President Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen. And then it goes on, and I'm, we'll get into this later in the program as to exactly what the findings were. But the conclusion was that he would present himself as a likable elderly man with a faulty memory. They went on to give examples of that faulty memory. And I, I want to say this not to, I'm not, I don't want to be making fun of his mental capacity. But this is what they wrote on page 208. They said that he did not know when his vice presidency ended, and during his investigation and his interview with the special counsel, he actually asked if he was still vice president. Yeah, I mean, this this is sad and tragic, and this is where the family of the vice president, of the president, needs to get in and say, round two of this is not a good idea. And people have said that throughout the time, with the falling, with the, the statements, even last night's press conference, which we'll get to as well, where he tried to fight back and then made a number of errors yet again, and we'll go through each of those. But just from this memo, I mean, just looking at it, he says that uh, Mr. Biden's memory was significantly limited, both during his recorded interview with his ghostwriter in 2017 and with the special counsel's office in 2023. During his interview, he did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. If it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? That is at 208, as you said. He even asked, am I still vice president at page uh, 208? The special counsel also took into consideration, you said, the sympathetic elderly man with a poor memory, and it would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him by by then a former president into his 80s of a serious felony that requires, and this is what's tough too, a mental state of willfulness. So does he have the mental capacity? It brings it into question very fairly, Dad, very fairly. Is he mentally capable to be president of the United States of America? This is now a real issue for him. Well, I think this is the end of him being able to run for the second term. 
I think the Democratic Party is going to say... Say that again. That's a big statement. Yeah, I think this is the end of his ability to run for the second term. Because what the finding is, is that the president willfully retained and disclosed classified documents. But that what he's really saying is, but he's not competent to stand trial for this because he had diminished capacity. And this is the president of the United States we're talking about. And that results then in a jury not being able to find criminal intent. Yeah. Folks, this we- is huge. Yes. And, you know, when you go through the let's gaffes. Let's break it down for everybody in the next segment. Yeah, when you go through the gaffes, and, and let's make sure we've got that, guys. I mean, the, the amount of gaffes, and even last night's press conference was painful. And, you know, I think they allowed all those those shouting reporters. People said, oh, that was disrespectful. I guarantee you the White House did that on purpose. They said, scream your questions out because they wanted to make him look tough and capable. And instead, he looked, he looked confused and again, and he started making more mistakes. We've got a lot more for you. We come back on Secular. We're going to get into all of the ramifications of this special counsel's report. And it's not even so much on the classified documents. You never know what you're going to get in Washington. The challenges facing Americans are substantial. At a time when our values, our freedoms, and our constitutional rights are under attack, it's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at aclj.org where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. ACLJ.org. After nearly 50 years, Roe versus Wade, the tragic ruling that manufactured a so-called right to abortion has been overturned by the United States Supreme Court. This is the moment the ACLJ has been fighting for. It's the biggest victory we've achieved in our three-decade-long fight against the soulless abortion industry. And believe me, abortionists like Planned Parenthood are devastated. This victory would not have been possible without the steadfast prayer and support of ACLJ members like you. On behalf of the entire ACLJ, I thank you for standing with us against the abortion industry and helping us save defenseless babies. I thank you for making this victory possible. And I ask you for your continued prayer and support as we continue to battle against barbaric new abortion laws across our nation. Welcome back to Secchio. Our team has put together kind of this supercut for you of these issues that, that uh, again, have come up with President Biden and then that now have led to a special counsel uh, report or he was so angry about, and you know, he, the special counsel, he kind of feigned this anger about, you know, uh, the, the death of his son, uh, Bo Biden, and uh, that, again, he could not recall the date. Now, he said he just didn't think he deserved to have to tell him the date, but we didn't hear the date again back in the press conference, even just to, you know, just to confirm. And by the way, it's this. I'm sick of people asking me about that. It's really hurtful when you do, but he didn't do that. Just listen to all of these different times. I mean, this is all just, Will, in the in the last 24 hours? This is all just this week. So the last 
four days. Take a listen to President Biden. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, the, the there's been a response from the opposition, but um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. I said America's back, and Mitterrand from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know. What? Why? How, how long are you back for? Initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. When I said, when I we pushed all these programs, I said, I'm going to be a president of everybody, whether you live in a red state or a green state. And making Roe v. Ward the law of the land. The law of the land. Okay. Let me, I'm playing I mean, this. this we played this. Not to, not to, I'm not making fun of his diminished capacity, but the special counsel appointed by his Justice Department has come up with that conclusion. And he's running for, and he's the president of the United States, which means he probably should not be the president of the United States. Remember when they tried to apply the 25th Amendment against President Trump? That's when the cabinet can get together and remove uh, the president or at least temporarily suspend the president. This has those kind of earmarks on, on the situation. It's very dangerous for the country. I feel horrible for him and his family. I'm gonna. We can go through the you know what, what where these reports are. The classified document case here is no different than Trump's, as far as documents were not kept where they were supposed to be kept. But the reason they're trying Donald Trump is because he has the mental capacity to understand this, and the vice president does not. Current president. Right, the current president does not, and he did not know that he was no longer vice president. No, I mean, and you think about the, those were mistakes that we just played. That's just this week, folks. Just this week, he forgot the name of Hamas. He had, someone else had to give it to him. They said, "Oh yeah, 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 Hamas." So someone else had to feed him that answer. He was calling the opposition. Uh, the Mitterrand thing. I think Mitterrand had been dead how many years uh, since then? Twenty five. He had been dead since 1996, so uh, he did not have that conversation at that time that he was talking about. Couldn't pronounce Roe versus Wade, forgot Wade, called it word over and over again. And then Al-Sisi, I mean, he's getting the two things confused about the border with Mexico and humanitarian aid coming across from Egypt into Gaza, but he was talking, and he blames the border in Mexico on the Egyptian president, Al-Sisi. I mean, this is, again, getting that complicated. And I've never heard anyone talk about a green state in my life. I actually Googled it just to see if there was any, like, political term about, like, a green state in, like, this is a red and blue. It was, sometimes we use the term purple. No one uses the term green. So it's like he starts halfway, but every time he starts halfway to the second point, it, it kind of just goes downhill rapidly. Obviously, he was very angry about this report because this is one of the biggest issues clouding him is not the classified documents. It's not even Hunter Biden. It's it's not even his policies. It's whether or not he's fit to be president. Do we have any sound from when he the statements he made at that press conference yesterday that are available? Let's play one that deals with his reaction when asked the question. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the f- dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their d- business. This is the this is the problem. By the way, 
and I'm going to say this later in the broadcast. I'm not a fan of special counsels. I've never been a fan of special counsels yeah. because some of this was gratuitous. Yeah, I, I agree. Some of this Actually, gratuitous. didn't have to be there necessarily because they could have just come to this conclusion that they could have said we're not prosecuting him. He's sitting president of the United States, and we don't think and we he's got diminished capacity in areas, and we don't need to. Um, we don't think we could be able to show criminal intent. Yeah. You didn't have to get into, he didn't remember this, he didn't remember that, he still thinks he's vice president. I mean, they want... But, but they then did. they also took shots at Donald Trump in this, which was also outrageous. This had nothing to do with Donald Trump. Yeah, in some ways, this this is like, uh, again, is that revenge, but be careful what you wish for when you go after you know your opponents like this, and then you find the classified documents, you appoint a special counsel and feel uh, that everything will be fine, and... Listen, the report itself, if you were just talking about the classified documents, like he tried to start the press conference with, that issue kind of is, is put to rest. But it's only put to rest because he said he'll be too old and, and he doesn't have the, he he doesn't doesn't have have the mental, mental capacity. capacity to be prosecuted. If you don't have the mental capacity to be prosecuted and understand what's happening to you in a courtroom, I mean, Dad, that that really— They're uh, saying he cannot— You want that person making decisions about how to handle Russia and Ukraine or the Middle East— and we are in the midst of that right now as we have service members who are killed in Jordan by Iranian proxy groups. And we've engaged in a number of attacks since then. Yeah. So here's the question. Who is running the White House? A bunch of 27-year-old It's staffers. not Harris. No. And it's, it's, I, it's not it, Lloyd Austin. He was no. gone for a week and a half and no one even knew. I think this is going to a fundamental problem that, you know, this is where it comes to the American people. And this is what we need to be concerned about. There's, I know we're in election season, but the, this guy's president for 11 more months. And there's a lot happening. A lot happening around the world, and he's confusing world leaders and world events. And then, you, and then, and if the prosecutor's saying he doesn't have the m- memory capacity to make these decisions, and doesn't have the mental acuity to be able to show criminal intent, you should not be president of the United States. I'm not. I'm not saying this without a disrespect. We've all had family members that have, have you know, have suffered mental capacities or de- or dementia or Alzheimer's. We, it's serious, and I'm not saying he has either one of these. But the DA, the uh, excuse me, the special counsel said at his residence when asked about being vice president, not only did he not recall the date that he was no longer vice president, he said, "Am I the vice president now?" He said that to them affirmatively. I still have. I mean, this is. And forgetting the second day of the interview, he says um, he did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died. These are these are terrible things. I I I look at these and I'm looking at it on our screen right now, and it's um, I don't know. Boy, he confused the general that he said he had a disagreement with, which was a general that actually backed him. So look, what what does this mean? We're going to get into this now, kind of the political ramifications and the legal ramifications. Let me tell you what it means. Drop the lawsuit, uh, the litigation in Florida on Mar-a-Lago against Trump. So get that out of the way. This is not right. That's what this says. Because in the fair administration of justice and under equal protection of the laws, you would just say, you know what, this isn't right. So Merrick Garland can make a really smart decision here and end this. That's what he should do in this situation, politically and legally. End it for both of them. Yes, and ultimately, I think the the Biden family needs to step in. Senior Democrats need to step in. Oh, you don't think that's going to start today? I, mean, I think it had already started. 
Yes, people they like already... Gavin Newsom and others that were but you know the, the waters. politically you'd much rather run against Joe Biden actually, than Michelle Obama. You know, I was actually pointing out that in some cases, don't I? I wouldn't be jumping up and down if you're a Republican here, and here's why: uh, if they likely replace Joe Biden, it's going to be with someone who they believe is very much more electable. So, and I don't think it's going to be Harris. I think it would be likely be a Newsom type, or they're going to say, you know what. We know, Michelle Obama, that you didn't want to get into this with Donald Trump. You weren't necessarily ready to make this decision in life. But, but we've is. got a crisis yep. in the Democrat Party. So we're either going to have four more years of Donald Trump or uh, you've got to get in this race and try to beat him. And let me tell you something. That's a very different race for Donald Trump and very Republicans Trump. than it is uh, against Joe Biden, especially when you could run. If, the, if it is Joe Biden, you'd be running that ad with that language over and over and over again in every state in the country. Oh, because by the end of this, he's four years old. And let me ask you this, we only got like No wonder President uh, Trump said, let's debate. Yeah. Michelle Obama comes into the campaign. What happens? I, it changes everything. I, it'll probably even, it could even change who, uh, if President Trump ultimately gets the nomination, which looks like he will, uh, but even change you know, who he picks for vice president. Who All these decisions you've got to make because you got to shift now. And, and these weren't her policies. Yeah. She could say, well, if I, I these, don't blame me for the Biden policies. Look back to the Obama years. Yep. You know, with Christian compassion, you feel sorry for the man and for his family. Um, but as to running the government, you say, for our nation, this is not the way it can be. This is not, this is not the way it can be. Uh, support the work of the American Center for Law and Justice. Uh, we get involved in all these issues, and we're able to give you this kind of analysis in depth and how it impacts you uh, because of your support of the ACLJ Become an ACLJ champion also. If you can donate monthly, you become a champion for life, for liberty, for freedom. If you give monthly, we're at 19,258 ACLJ champions. Here's my goal. Let's get as close to 20,000 as we can at the end of this month. And then the next month, I'm going to say 21,000. We're going to keep building these champions. It changes drastically the ACLJ's abilities. After nearly 50 years, Roe versus Wade, the tragic ruling that manufactured a so-called right to abortion has been overturned by the United States Supreme Court. This is the moment the ACLJ has been fighting for. It's the biggest victory we've achieved in our three-decade-long fight against the soulless abortion. Stated. This victory would not have been possible without the steadfast prayer and support of ACLJ members like you. On behalf of the entire ACLJ, I thank you for standing with us against the abortion industry and helping us save defenseless babies. I thank you for making this victory possible. And I ask you for your continued prayer and support as we continue to battle against barbaric new abortion laws across our nation. The challenges facing Americans are substantial. At a time when our values, our freedoms, and our constitutional rights are under attack, it's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. 
the American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. ACLJ.org. Hey, welcome back to the broadcast, everyone. Obviously, we're talking about what a lot of people are talking about right now and that this is a special counsel report that came out from Robert Herr on the situation with the document retention of classified documents by Pre- President Biden and then Vice President Biden. There are a lot of trouble. We talked with uh, Jordan was on the last two segments. We talked about the impact of that. But there is an interesting aspect of this because there's a double standard here, obviously, that's being applied. And, and, and this is a, a tragic situation. He said, look, President Biden, this is in the report, President Biden willfully retained and disclosed declassified material after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen. They include classified documents about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan, handwritten notes and notebooks about issues of national security and foreign policy involving sensitive intelligence sources and methods. The FBI agents recovered this classified information in his garage, offices and the basement of his Delaware home. Andy, let's focus on willfully retained. What is the significance of that finding by the special counsel? Okay, the significance is that in a criminal prosecution, you have got to show what is known as the mens rea, evil mind. Evil mind plus evil act equals crime. And the evil mind requires willfulness, knowing intentional actions on the part of the defendant. So in other words, the prosecutor, her in this case, made the conclusion, and he declines criminal prosecution under the U.S. Attorney's Manual, under the guidelines of the Justice Department's called a declination. He says, I, dec- I find that he willfully retained and disclosed classified materials, but he finds that the willfulness element would probably not be able to be shown by a prosecution beyond a reasonable doubt, Jay. So there's a, that's the legal standard that's involved there, but he does find that there's, in fact, willfulness. Now, the reason he's not taking it to the next step, and there's two reasons. One is something we argued for President Trump, and that is the issue of that you do not have the ability to prosecute a sitting president. So that would affect, of course, President Biden as well. Now, the issue of mental state, which is, again, I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive to this because a lot of us have family members that have had these situations before. They talk about diminished capacity as far as memory goes, which also means the competency to stand trial and to, you know, they say he's a likable older gentleman in his 80s with a forgetful memory. The difficulty here is he's also the president of the United States. Um, he's described as an old elderly man with a poor memory. Um, there is a re- in the report, it says he did not know the date of his son's death. I thought that was a little pejorative on the part of the special counsel, by the way. I don't think that was necessary. Uh, but I'm pointing it out because all the news is covering it, and we're going to you know cover it. But he did point out also that the president said, asked if he was still vice president. This was during one of the interviews with the special counsel. And that was a couple of months ago. I mean, so think about that for a moment. I mean, let that sink in for a moment. The president of the United States asking if he is still vice president. That is a sad state of affairs. First, I can't believe his family's letting him do this. And secondly, it puts the United States, Harry, in a very difficult situation. 
I think that is correct. I think if you look at the overall situation, if you look at the report, if you look at last night's press conference, uh, we have seen, I think, a cascading a series of headlines. President Biden blistered by mainstream press after disaster press conference. Press. President Biden as an elderly, irritable man. President Biden acting dazed and confused. But I think at the end of the day, this much is clear. The 345-page report by special counsel Robert Herr was more damaging in many respects than an indictment. After all, Biden, according to her, willfully retained classified documents after his vice presidency about military and foreign policy. He used those documents in connection with a conversation he had with a private citizen, uh, a biographer. He used those documents with respect to writing a book for which he received, I believe, an $8 million advance. Um, so I think there's much to talk about here, but at the end of the day, it's a very, very sad situation for the United States. And I also think we are sending a signal, uh, a poor signal to the rest of the world, uh, because President Biden has demonstrated his inability to uh, separate out world leaders from Mexico to Egypt. Um, and also to remember whether or not he's apparently vice president or president. Let me go ahead and take uh, Daryl's call. I believe that's out of Colorado on line three. Daryl, welcome to Broadcaster on the Air. Thank you. It's sad because they've waited to the end here uh, at the start of the election to start pointing out that Biden is incapable of being the president. What they're doing is setting up because I believe – that they can appoint another candidate before May, I believe it's May, and that's going to be Michelle Obama. And she's going to come in. She's going to win the black vote. She's going to win the independent vote. She's going to win the women's vote. And we're going to have another socialist for four years. If you remember, I think it was 2000 that that, um, Bush did this. He came in at the end of the, at the start uh, start of uh, the election cycle. And he did the same thing and he won. And she will no, not. Bush was in it early on. I mean, George, are you talking about George W. Bush? Yeah, I believe so. Yes, no, sir. he was in it early on. But you are right that the Democrats' system is different than the Republican selection system because the Democrats have what are called superdelegates. And those superdelegates can make the. I'll tell you what I'm expecting. I don't know if it'll be this week, next week, next month. I'm expecting what I call the LBJ speech. I will not seek, nor will I accept the nomination of my party. The, the mainstream media. The CNNs, the MSNBCs, even with the Supreme Court case last night, this was, Andy, all they were talking about. Yeah. How damaging this is politically for, it would have been better, they said, for the special counsel to say he should be tried of a crime. We can't do it because he's a sitting president. But rather than this diminished mental capacity conclusion. 
Yeah, I'm not a political prognosticator. I'm a lawyer, but it does seem to me that if special counsel should have just said under the DOJ guidelines and regulations, we can't try a sitting president and leave it at that. But when he went into what what Harry pointed out to, and I think correctly, that this is an indictment, essentially, not just a special counsel report, uh, he transcended that and went into areas that have political implications for the presidency. I think it's a sad moment in the history of an empire, of, a, of a nation that's the greatest since the British Empire, maybe the Roman Empire, and we have to have somebody at the helm who's able to really direct affairs. You know, it's interesting in the report on page 228 of uh, Robert Hur's special counsel report, he states that Mr. Biden's emphatic and unqualified conclusion that keeping marked classified documents unsecured in one's homes is totally irresponsible. Um, and then, of course, having that actually happen. Here's the problem with all of this. And this is, the, I think, the real tragedy in this. This is where the special counsel, I think, and we'll talk about this when we come back for the second half of the program. This special counsel thing, I just think, is a negative. I feel like it's a negative. we got to continue to view it as a negative. We'll talk more about that. I do want to say to you that support the work of the ACLJ in our three-day um, mini-campaign. We raised $320,983 in three days for that Supreme Court case, which was submitted yesterday. Thank you very much. If you want to support the work of the ACLJ, you could do that at aclj.org and become a champion for life, liberty, and freedom. That means you donate any amount monthly. You become one of those champions, and we encourage you to do that at aclj.org slash champions. 19,258 goals, 19.5. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at aclj.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. aclj.org.